Welcome to the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Steven, and I'm joined, as always, by star producer and co-host, Chris Brito. It's our final show of 2022, so Chris and I are going to discuss what NBA storylines we're most excited about in 23. Before we get to all that, unfortunately, Chris, we got to discuss our disappointing Knicks. After being the hottest team in the NBA, the Knicks have lost five in a row, and for some reason, I'm more okay with this than you are. I think the most disappointing aspect was the way we've lost. We lost against a Spurs team that, granted, we were undermanned. We lost. We got actually destroyed by them. We almost beat. We were nine. We were thirty-five seconds away from beating the Dallas Mavericks without RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson. We were basically winning the entire game against the Seventy Sixers on Christmas Day, till the till you know, essentially the fourth quarter. Uh, we lost a close one against Chicago. Am I missing any any other ones? I mean, the you, you kind of glanced over a historic collapse in Dallas. The no, 9 I, 35 I, seconds. I know you said it, but that was it's worth repeating. That was one of the most disgraceful performances I've ever seen. Guys can't make free throws. Guys can't get rebounds. It I, was just, It was terrible. But at the same well, time... I don't want to. I don't want to make. I don't want to be too negative on it. I think it's just. I was. I was about to change. I was about to pivot. But go ahead. Okay. No. No. Yeah. I just don't want to get too negative on it. I think this team is just showing you what they are. They're an up and down team. They are injured. Like I think it's worth noting that they were injured the last two games. Um. I even though I feel like a team with art with Randall should be able to beat a Spurs team that has no all stars. And at the same time, you know, you got to wonder what this team will look like, you know, moving forward when the schedule gets tougher. And I think bigger tests will come to see what this team is actually made out of. And yeah, I, I think this is just, this is what they are. They're a, a playing team. They're a mediocre 500 team. They're going to finish, you know, two or three games above or below 500. And this is kind of what we were expecting. Right. I mean, you know, some of us got a little delusional during their win streak where he's like, oh, they're going to be a second round team. But no, this is a playing team. They're not going anywhere. And the hope is that guys like Barrett and Grimes can show that they're not just part of the future, but they're important core pieces of the future. And that's kind of what this season should be about in my book. Um, obviously, with Barrett out, Grimes has been getting much more of a, a scoring load, and he's been great. So I'm really hoping to see more of him going forward, how he competes when RJ comes back. Can they both be guys who can put up good numbers? I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, and then obviously it just shows how important Jalen Brunson is, who's been out the last couple of games. He is so important for this team. Without him, they just look rudderless and they don't look like they know how to run an offense. And Yes, quickly has put up some nice assist numbers, but they clearly miss Jalen Brunson and his shot making. So hopefully he comes back soon. I think this team resembles a lot of the team from last year. Yeah, which was a, a, another mediocre <laughs> group. Well, uh, though, yeah. so in terms of things to look forward to, we will be together to watch the Houston Rockets, the game against the Houston Rockets uh on new year's eve so that's one thing to look forward to um yeah i mean that's no, that's no pushover game 
that that's not going to be easy either. Those those guys yeah. run up and down the court. You get Jalen Green to deal with. It's it's not going to be easy. Yeah, you're no, you're you're not wrong. Um, so that being said, what what are your favorite storylines from this year that you know we've sort of like covered in the podcast or that we haven't covered? Um, and then what are things you're looking forward to in the next year? Yeah, I mean, I want to start by looking forward. Um, the two things I am most looking forward to next year are two Western Conference teams. It's the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, who's won two straight MVPs. We haven't seen a guy win a third MVP. Usually that's when the narrative dies down. It's hard to win that, but he's been even better than he was the last couple of years. And he's starting to get more coverage on that third MVP run. And more importantly, the West seems wide open. I think his group is probably, this is probably the best roster he's ever played with. I think they can win the West. And all of a sudden we're looking at him, not just as this all time great number putter upper, but we're looking at him as an all time great, if he can do that. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how that plays out. And then, you know, a young scrappy team of the new Orleans Pelicans who have been built really, really well by David Griffin. They look like they're ready to make a leap too. And I'm excited to see both those teams in April, May, and hopefully June. I think for me, one of the, my favorite, and again, we're going back to the Knicks was adding someone like Jalen Brunson. Um, the team looks a lot different with, with him around. Uh, and then I'm looking forward to see what this team looks like under a full year with him. Uh, but in terms of what I'm actually looking forward to in the 2023 year, uh, to see where Wemby lands. You know, we discussed a few scenarios where if he landed in, you know, Detroit, Charlotte, I really like the idea of him going to Charlotte. I'd love to see him next playing next to to Kate Cunningham and, and Jaden Ivey. Detroit. What did I say? Charlotte. No, sorry, my bad. Detroit. And I think and I think having him there will be will be great, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Detroit is a great place for this. We haven't seen Detroit basketball on the up and up for two decades now. So having a Cade, a Wemby, Jaden Ivey, and they have some other interesting pieces. I love Sadiq Bay. You know, that would be a really great group. I, I think I mix you up to start the show because I said I want him to see him in Charlotte. And I just believe Charlotte just desperately, desperately needs a guy like Wemby. If not, I think they're going to lose LaMelo. I think they're going nowhere. They really lost Miles Bridges. They're talking about potentially bringing him back and who knows how long his suspension is going to be. But this Charlotte team, to me, all of their hopes are in the lottery. And I think Detroit can find other ways to be competitive soon. I'm not sure Charlotte can. So that would be my team for Wemby. I would... I, I don't disagree that having Wemby in Charlotte would be the ultimate godsend for them, but it's it's quite evident that Michael Jordan as a executive running a basketball operation isn't just isn't it. You know, make him the face of a clothing line, make him the face of sneakers, make him line of, of basketball itself, but running a team and putting the pieces together just doesn't seem something he should be interested in doing. Uh and for all the reasons you've said, I think Wemby just is the perfect solution for all the problems that the Charlotte is having. Like, you know, you had, I don't, you know, you had a, a growing star with, with Bridges, but with the legal troubles that he is in, 
that puts a whole damper on that. So, you know, a year ago, this team was maybe on the up and up. And now this team seems like a ball might be the first might, might be the person to leave here. So it sucks. Yeah. And again, it, it only takes one win to turn this thing around. You just need to win one lottery. Like we're not talking about David Griffin's success in New Orleans. If New Orleans didn't win a lottery. Or, you know, who knows? Michael Jordan might be getting praise from us next year for the roster that they put together. You know, if you got LaMelo and Wemby and maybe maybe Miles Bridges is back, maybe they add a couple of other pieces and all of a sudden we're looking at this team as a, you know, the frisky, you know, new kids on the block. But they got to win that lottery first. Uh, speaking of, a, you know, a guy who was a lottery pick number one overall many, many years ago, LeBron James turned 38 today, Chris. And they basically, you know, reporters after a Thursday night's game came out and they basically asked him about his future. He said his body feels great. It's just about how long, you know, his mind wants to play and how uh, is this, a, you know, can he win championships? And he said, quote, I'm a winner. I want to win. And I want to win and give myself a chance to win and still compete for championships. That's always been my passion. Whether he believes it or not, and I believe he knows what's going on. He's a smart guy. This Laker team is not winning anything anytime soon and he's he's under contract this year and next and i really believe that uh they need to trade him they not only need they not only need to trade him i think this lakers team needs to make a full-on pivot and i think maybe this has been the ulterior motive of the lakers the whole time you know it it it, it might that makes sense i mean they're 14 21 they're 13th in the west but they can't legally trade him at the deadline. It would have to be in the summer. So you're almost kind of wasting this year. I, I hear you. I think they may have, there was maybe, I'd probably put it at 20, 20, 80, 20%. Like they actually believe that they wanted, they thought this team was maybe okay enough to make the playoffs. And then 80% that they didn't want to continue investing in LeBron for the future, even despite the contract, I think what they really wanted out of all this was LeBron to be in a Lakers Jersey surpassing Kareem Abdul's record because for, for a franchise that so closely depends on its legends and its history, adding another layer to that with LeBron just makes perfect sense. Because if we're talking about a building roster sort of, formula here they're not doing a really good job of it or they would have already they would have already pulled the plug there's just nothing out there that hasn't been out there already that they could get yeah to- i think chris i think that's a great theory that might actually be what it is where they say you know what we're going nowhere let's build a roster that lebron would want to leave and but also get him to sign this mega extension for one basically they, they can get out of in a year just to make sure that he hits this record as a Laker and we can kind of cement his legacy as a Laker 10, 15, 20 years from now where you say, okay, you're not really thinking about this Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves season. You're thinking about he won a championship in LA and he set the scoring title in LA and he's about 550 points off the pace for a comparison. He's played 27 games this year. He scored 751 points. So He's about 20, 20 games away or so from breaking this record. And so, you know, if you assume he plays in 20 of the next 30 games, he's going to hit it by late February, early March. So 
I think it was smart of them if they that's really what they care about to not make to make sure that they sign he signed the deal after the deadline, right? Because now you have to wait six months. But Chris, I, I think it's time for him to go. Anthony Davis has not shown he could be healthy. And even when those two guys are healthy at the same time, they have not shown that that is enough to win a championship. I don't think they're going to have the money to to bring a third guy in. I don't even know who that third guy would be. And they have no draft picks. So I just think it's time to start over, blow it up. You could probably get a ton from him from a Denver, pair him with the Joker, send him to Phoenix. Or you know what? Maybe the Knicks are desperate enough to trade you every draft pick they have to bring the LeBron James show for the end of his career. So I think uh, that'll be a, another storyline to watch in 2023. Yeah. And uh, as much as it's just, I, I just don't see how the Lakers are going to make this team a better fit around late around LeBron feasibly with how little draft capital and how, I mean, they have those two first rounders, but I think they're, the Lakers are probably playing the long game. Um, at the same time, I don't know how they can manage to hold on to that without suffering a lot of losses in the next few, next few years. You know, they don't, is it 27? Make- right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I mean, LeBron wants them to use those 2027 and 2029 picks, but you're not getting a superstar for those picks. You're not getting a superstar for two picks, you know, at the end of the decade. We're ta- we're, we're about to be in 2023. You're talking about a pick four years later from that and then six years later from that. It's, you know, most GMs don't have four to six years. And the ones that do are the ones that usually wind up fleecing you in trades. So I I, I don't I don't see how this works out for them. I think they just need to adjust and, Look, you could probably start over and have some really fun young players for a few years uh, if you can find a way to, you know, trade LeBron and Anthony Davis in separate deals for a ton. And you could probably, you could do that. You could definitely do that. Anthony Davis just needs to come back and show that he's elite again, which he can very well do. He, he did that first parts of this season already. And so I think that's probably the way to go. I'm just tired of hearing this. Oh, like they don't want to trade their picks to improve the roster. No, duh, they don't want to pr- do that because it's not going to do anything. So it's time to move on. I can't keep hearing about this Miles Turner buddy heel trade that isn't going to happen. It's it's time to go in the other direction, and that's uh, bottom out. Like it, think about it. The all that has gone nowhere that the Pacers are in, in Indiana are talking about an extension. Like that's how just how nowhere the trade talks around Turner have been. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to try to convince themselves that they could get Kyrie Irving in the summer and try to run this back with Kyrie instead of Westbrook. And I don't think that's going to work either, but we'll see. And uh, I just, I just think you have to move on, but we're going to move on as well. We're going to get to our final thoughts right after this. Okay, Chris, final thoughts here. Luca magic again, 60 points, you know, 20 plus rebounds, 10 plus assists. It was a historic game. Should he be the MVP? He was my pick for MVP, and I still think he should be just because of without him, this team is barely even cracking the playoff roster. But you could say the same thing about Nikola Jokic, but Nikola Jokic barely cracking the playoff roster with him. They're a terrible team without him. Right, right. I'm just saying, like, without Jokic, like that team isn't good enough. I think the same could be said by a mile 
plus the incredible individual performances from Luca, that this team, I think, yeah, I think he's the MVP. I mean, you can make it, you can make an argument for Tatum too, but you know, I think the part that hurts Tatum the most is that he has Jalen Brown next to him, you know, and the team doesn't really miss a whole beat if Tatum's out. Yeah, I would give it to Tatum just because. No, you would give it to Tatum. I would give it to Tatum. It's hard to justify giving it to a, a guy like Luca, where you're five. You brought them to five hundred. How can you be the most valuable player if your team is mediocre? Whereas Tatum. He's averaging 31 a game on great shooting. And he's got one of the be- one of, if not the best team in basketball. So, and he's all and also I I dismiss defense a lot, but Tatum plays defense. Luca doesn't. And it's really hard for me to say you're the best player in the league when you don't play one side of the ball. Steve, do you know? Is this you? First of all, because I've never heard you ever it's praise the MVP, him. though, Chris. Like, you got to be a complete player to win whoa, the MVP. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not has, has, right Flor- has Florida changed you? Because well, I, don't, I don't ever remember you ever factoring in defense. Because if magic factor in 25% of all conversations, offense is much, much more important. But both of these guys are elite offensive players. So you're saying, okay, how do what's the next step? How do we compare them next? And I'm not saying Luca shouldn't be in the MVP conversation. He definitely should. We're, we're not even halfway done with the season yet, believe it or not. But as of now, I would go Tatum one, Joker two, Luca three. Hmm. Okay, interesting. But again, Luca's putting up insane numbers. He's having nearly 34 a game, Chris, on 50% from the floor. It is insane what he's doing. But I think this is going to be an all-time great MVP race. Definitely. I'm with you on that one, at least. All right, Chris, anything else before we wrap up our final show of 2022? No, buddy. Just want to wish you over Zoom. Happy New Year. And then I'll wish you Happy New Year in person. But to all our listeners, uh, thank you for following the All Hoops podcast on all your preferred platforms. And it's been a great year of basketball. And hopefully we'll bring you more of that next year. Can't wait. 2023.